are listening to A State of the Union, estate planning made simple. Here's your host, Brad Wewell, from the Wewell Law Firm in Austin, Texas. Hi, this is Brad Wewell with the Estate of the Union, and we are here with another podcast from Texas Trust Law. We do these podcasts to get information out to you about a variety of things. Today, we have a very special guest, an extremely important topic. We have Nancy Walker, who is the executive director of the Funeral Consumers Alliance here in Austin. And you probably haven't heard of the Funeral Consumers Alliance, but Nancy is here to tell you everything you'd ever want to know. And I'm here to tell you, you want to know all this. Uh, Nancy, welcome. Thank you. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. And Nancy, you are the executive director of the Funeral Consumers Alliance. Everybody's curious, what the heck is that? <laughs> the Funeral Consumers Alliance is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We are uh, run entirely by volunteers. Mm. That includes me. I'm a volunteer. There's no, uh, we didn't have to pay you an uh, honorarium to come and talk today, I don't think. Well, if you want to give us an oh, honorarium, okay. we go. would be there delighted to accept it. Thank you. Thank you for that. But we're very proud of the fact that the information that we provide about end-of-life planning, we provide it to people, whether they're members of our organization or people just calling from the community. And often we actually get calls from all over the country and we can help them because we're very familiar with the uh, funeral rule uh, from the Federal Trade Commission, which applies to all states, not just the state of Texas. Well, let's just start with that. What does the mm -hmm. Federal Trade Commission have to do with funerals? Right. Well, the Federal Trade Commission thinks that it's very important for uh, consumers to be informed and to think about end-of-life planning before that terrible moment comes when you have to make decisions at a funeral home, whether you're ready to do that or not. And they think it's so important that they actually published a booklet here. Huh which uh, we give out liberally to everybody when we teach classes or do presentations in the community. And one of the most interesting parts of the booklet is right in the center here where the Federal Trade Commission set up a chart mm. to encourage people to get pricing information from at least three different funeral homes in their area because comparing prices has ended up saving people hundreds, often thousands of dollars. Wow. Mm -hmm. All right. So the federal government's involved in this too. Yes. And they have uh, specific rules that the funeral homes must follow in order not to be in violation hmm. of the funeral rule. And they want consumers to know things such as you have the right to walk into a funeral home, hold your hand out, and say, may I please have your general price list, hmm. period. Pick it up, say thank you, and walk out. You're not required to sit at a conference table with a funeral director in order to get the funeral home's price list. The Federal Trade Commission also wants to know that funeral homes must give you their current prices over the phone. So if you're not in the mood to drop by on a Saturday morning, you can just call them up and say, you know, I'm interested in a direct cremation, for example, uh, with no service beforehand, just nice and straightforward. How much do you currently charge for that? And the funeral home is required to give you their current price. Wow. 
Uh, another rule. important yeah. uh, funeral rule uh, item that uh, people don't necessarily know about is that embalming is not required by law. Hmm. And typically when a funeral home sends someone to pick up a deceased person, they put a bunch of papers down on the coffee table, sign here, sign here, sign here, and an embalming authorization form will often be among those papers. Hmm. And I, it, typically the public just thinks, oh, okay, and they're in a terrible state of shock and grief. They are, they are. Uh, but there's actually a place on the bottom of the uh, embalming form to decline embalming which certainly is not required by law um, for cremations or anything, but especially for cremations. Yeah, that does seem like a little over the top, isn't it? Mm -hmm. You get embalmed and then you get, so that happens sometimes. Right, and it's, so it's an extra $1,000 added mm. to the bill, which may not be required. <clears throat> However, we have found that often funeral homes will say to families, it's true, embalming is not required by law, but it is our policy that we do not allow the unembalmed body to be viewed by the general public, for example, at a visitation, a visitation with sure. an open casket sure. because they feel that the general public will be too upset to see an unembalmed body. Let me just say this about Nancy. Nancy is not a shy retiring uh, school marm type here, folks. Uh, Nancy Walker is a consumer advocate, and the Funeral Consumers Alliance is a consumer advocacy group that advocates for you and for me at the absolute worst time of your life when you've lost somebody you love and you're absolutely in this mysterious thing and you walk into a funeral home and maybe the only time you've been in a funeral home, of course, is years ago when perhaps a parent died or something like that, an aunt or an uncle, and you've never been behind the screen. And that's where the action occurs, it sounds like, Nancy. That's where the money's made. That's true. And another, um, I think, important feature of the funeral rule is that uh, you have the option to buy a casket or an urn from any source or even in some cases to make a casket. Believe it or not, there are diagrams. I've heard that you can buy an Amish uh, casket mm -hmm. or you can That's right. build your own from handy and- That's right. Okay. And that can be, a, a, with a funeral that uses a casket, the casket typically is the single most expensive item on the list I've of- I've seen mahogany and Yes, mahogany and is, is way mahogany. up there. Wouldn't your father want to be in mahogany? Don't you want him? Don't you want mom? The mm -hmm. dignity. Right. Dignity. Gosh, all right. Uh, mm. So anyway, the funeral rule says that the funeral home must take delivery of a casket that you may have purchased from a different source, unpack it, and store it for at least a few days before the service so they, with no charge to the consumer. Now, that's interesting. Do they tell you that? No. No, I wouldn't think no, so. No, what they do, uh, typically a funeral arrangement uh, conference, they'll sit down at a conference table and start talking to you about the kind of arrangements you want. And then at the appropriate time, they will uh, walk you into typically a room where they have caskets or little corners of caskets sometimes mm. rather than the whole full casket. 
and urns. And by the way, the funeral rule says they must give you a casket price list before they begin talking about caskets huh. with you. Huh. Huh. So sometimes what people do is they look at other sources for caskets and you would be surprised what those sources are. Now, not the store, okay, but the website, okay. Costco huh. sells caskets and urns on their website. Amazon.com, of course, Is has their hand in there, and so does Walmart. I'll be done. But only on the website. Right. So sometimes uh, people will use the lower price they find away from the funeral home to negotiate a lower price at the funeral home. Oh, no, that's home. interesting. So the funeral It's just homes, like buying a car. It I'll really is. I'll be doing So the funeral home may negotiate with you. That's right. Because they have to take your casket if you send it there. That's right. Huh. That's right. And there's plenty of markup in caskets. So I imagine so. Th they can afford to give a bit. Sure. And then besides uh, Walmart, Costco, and uh, Amazon, there are um, stores on the internet that they sell nothing but caskets and urns. I'll be done. So okay. there's plenty of competition out there. So again, the colleague we had that got a Amish mm -hmm. uh, casket, uh, right. probably a site to do that, I'm sure. Right. Huh. That's huh. right. Yes, there's some monks in Covington, Louisiana, that hand make okay. beautiful uh, caskets that can be and, but they shipped get in over trouble, here. Didn't they? Uh, well, because the, the very Louisiana, the funeral, uh, the very powerful funeral industry in the state of Louisiana uh, said that these monks, uh, not being funeral professionals, did not have the right to make these caskets. But um, they lost that case. Uh, they, that, the funeral yes, industry, right, lost right. that case. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's so much to know. I'm sure you could go on and on, and we will go on and on, quite frankly. Um, but how does an ordinary person who's just lost a loved one, um, and there's two kinds of ways you lose loved ones, of course. There's the sudden loss of a car wreck and they're dead or a, a drop dead of a heart attack. That's shocking. Yes. Um, and then you have the linger. Okay, now, it seems like if somebody's lingering, you would have more time and more focus on this. Does that make sense? Oh, that's true. And our flagship publication that we're so very proud of is our annual funeral home price survey. Which I have seen, and it is fantastic. Thank you. It is fantastic. Uh, our service area includes <clears throat> Bastrop, Caldwell, Hayes, Travis, and Williamson counties. Every January, we go out to the 57 funeral homes located in these five counties. We walk in and say, may I please have your price list? Get it, huh. walk out. And we use the information on these price lists to create this funeral home price survey, which has a chart in it that allows people to compare prices and hospice social workers have told me again and again, this is one of the primary documents I carry in my must-need satchel for hmm. the families. Hmm. So often a hospice social worker will uh, gently start to talk to the family, and often the patient is still very lucid, uh, at least if they're admitted to hospice in a timely way. Well, and now once you're in hospice, I mean, again, the, 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 so we're in a state planning law firm. We yes. do just, we just do wills, mm -hmm. trusts, probate. Right. And, uh, of course, it's interesting when we talk to people. They say, well, uh, if I die, 
if I die, right? Not when I die. No, not when, no, 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 not when I die. No, 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 no. Because it's speculative and it's theoretical, right? Right. Um, and, of course, I, I've said this many times on these other podcasts, that the, uh, the mortality rate yes. in Central Texas is 100%. Thank you, Chuck Meyer. That's right. We're all going to die. So the problem is that um, people don't want to even, I mean, there's never a line outside of our office, Nancy. People don't have to take a number and wait to see us to talk about a will or a trust because people don't like thinking about this. But now we're talking about hospice. If you're in hospice, I think that tells you that the end is very near. And then hospice would provide your materials uh, perhaps to the family. Great That's idea. true. Great idea. Yes, uh, the stipulation to be admitted to hospice is that you have a condition that all things being equal, you're likely to pass away within six months, but it does not obligate you to okay. die within six okay. months. Okay, so you because, <laughs> nice to know. Yes, Very after good. you're admitted, they have recertification periods. Okay. And there have been people admitted with Alzheimer's who have been on hospice for two and three years. Now, I've heard that. I have heard that. Yes, that, that's that dad's true. been on hospice two or three years. you got to go, how would that be? Because there has to be this six-month deadline. But it's a floating <laughs> deadline. Deadline. Okay, you have to, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Nancy, it's a fantastic sense of humor, folks. And... Uh, so, so let's go back to this survey because one of the great things about the Funeral Consumers Alliance is this survey. And people out there in podcast land might want to know how they can get their hands on this survey. Mm -hmm. And how can they get their hands on this survey, Nancy? All you need to do is go to our website. And it's, uh, I will say it once, but also you can just Google. If you just Google Funeral Consumers Austin, you will get to our website. Okay. But it is F-C-A-C-T-X dot O-R-G. Okay. And right there on our home page, we have a nice blue oval button. Just scroll down if you're on your phone until you see the blue oval button, and it will say our funeral home survey, and click on that and open it up and print it to your heart's delight. And voila, it's all, it's all kind of pretty much on a large page, but it's easy to, it's landscape. Easy to see. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's printed landscape because the chart has so many options that uh, well, different they, funeral does, homes. It does. And, and not only that, but it has two pages of uh, money-saving tips for consumers. Hmm. Uh, things like, guess what, you don't have to buy the casket from the funeral home. But things right. like that that generally people like to know. And again, uh, ladies and gentlemen, how would you know this? And the answer is you're not going to find out unless you <coughs> connect with the um, Funeral Consumers Alliance of Central Texas. Is that That's kind of, right. Of Central are there Te others around the country? Yes, there's 57 Funeral Consumer okay. Alliance groups around the country. And then there is the mothership organization, the Funeral Consumers Alliance. And their website is funerals, with an S, dot org. I'll be darned. And then all these different affiliates in 20. We have three here in Texas. We have one up in the uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area, the Funeral Consumers Alliance of North Texas, mm -hmm. and we have one in San Antonio, the Funeral Consumers Alliance of San Antonio. But not Houston. That's interesting. We did have one in Houston, Just but unfortunately their volunteers aged out. Yes. That yes, can happen. Yes. That can and happen. So 
volunteers. Let's mm -hmm. talk about volunteers. You're a nonprofit. Nobody That's gets right. paid anything. That's true. But it takes money to do the things you do. So mm -hmm. uh, let's talk about volunteers and we'll talk about money. All right. So let's how somebody could join or okay. whatever. But how could somebody uh, volunteer? What would be their role? How would they connect with you, Nancy, all that? Well, they can uh, contact us through our website. It has our email address on it, our phone number, and just simply call up and say, um, I would like to give some of my time mm -hmm. to helping your organization thrive and do what you do. We have many uh, volunteer opportunities. If people like to work with uh, Excel spreadsheets, mm -hmm. we've got something. Yes, we've got something for that. Um, if people like to generate correspondence, we have what we hope are some good templates. They don't have to write everything from scratch. If they like to uh, write articles about end-of-life topics, we have a newsletter that we would love for them to contribute an okay. article or a column Because to sometimes I think people, when they've lost a loved one, feel lost. Mm -hmm. uh, they want to contribute to society, maybe, again, to honor their deceased loved one, but they just don't know how to do that. That, well, we have many opportunities. And of course, you know, if people want to help us pick up all those price lists in January, that would be very 57 helpful. 57 57 funeral homes. That's a lot of work right there. Yeah. Yes, it is. I'll be darned. So, so you have, you, you, you need people? Yes, we always need people. Okay. The more people, the better. Okay, good. You well, know, if you're looking it, for something to do, and this is, again, <laughs> not, uh, not to put down any other uh, certainly charitable function, but this is something where all of us, all of our families are going to end up in this situation and there's no getting out of it. And your group, Funeral Consumers Alliance, uh, can help get people through that process with everything that is necessary but without feeling, and maybe not have been ripped up without the feeling of getting ripped off. I mean, you mentioned the, the car dealer uh, thing. I don't like buying cars. Now, if I, if I buy a car anymore, I tend to go to CarMax, where I get, I, I'm not buying the new part, but I'm getting the good car, and I get a, a price that I know what's going to cost, as opposed to, you know, walking out of the dealer with the new car and going, boy, did I, you know, did I leave some money on the table? Did they somehow get something over me? Does that, does that make sense? Absolutely. I sold cars for a year, by the way. Oh my goodness, Nancy Walker. 1977. Holy I sold. Cow. I sold Volkswagens. Is that right? Yes, and I uh, I enjoyed doing it. It was a very interesting experience, and I felt that I had a good product. Uh -huh. uh, that makes a big difference. Well, of course, of course, and I want to make this clear. Uh, I think to our listeners and viewers, we're not putting down the funeral industry necessarily, but this is a this is a consumer avenue so you can take control of it because the problem is the you either control it or somebody else controls it for you and this is going to give you and your family more control and more peace of mind that we're not getting ripped off and that there are things at funeral home that we may everybody's been to this funeral home great go to the funeral home but at least you, you have more information when you go right I think um you know, for people, uh, I, I have talked 
to people in all kinds of communities in the Austin area. Sure. Um, <clears throat> some very uh, high-end residential communities and some very <laughs> modest communities. Sure. And uniformly people say, you know, I want what I want, but I want to leave as much money above ground as possible. <laughs> you know, if, right. if I can save uh, several thousand dollars, I would really rather have that be used to pay my granddaughter's college tuition sure. and things like that. So when people see the funeral home price survey, I'm telling you, it's a jaw dropper. If you just run your finger mm -hmm. down the column for mm -hmm. how much uh, would I pay for direct cremation, right. we have one provider in the Austin area that charges $595. Now, that does not include the death certificates. Okay. Okay. And we have another provider in our area that charges over $4,000 for exactly the same thing. But if people don't know um, about uh, the wisdom the, of uh, looking into these things ahead of time. You sure. know, now is the time to do it right. while you're kind of feeling fit and frisky. Right. No, that's a good point. And we, uh, one of the things we provide our clients is an agent for my remains mm -hmm. where you specify that I want to be buried or cremated. And in mm -hmm. that document, that's where we would put information about where you may want your arrangements handled so mm -hmm. that the family can pick that up and know. Uh, because they, may, you may have done the research, you have to communicate that information to them too, so you can have that available for them at this awful time of need as well. I'm glad you brought up um, advanced directive documents sure. because we strongly encourage people to complete. We talk to them about the medical, the health care right. directives. Right. We don't get involved in the financial directives, sure. but sure. we do talk to them about the medical power of attorney document and the living will document mm -hmm. in Texas. And again, like you just mentioned, disposition documents. I love to tell people, guess what? You can have your say even after you're dead if you fill out a disposition you document can. You can. You and can. specify what you want and name an agent to represent <laughs> you. And the funeral homes also will appreciate that, particularly if you choose cremation. Mm -hmm. All you need is one sibling three times removed to say, I'm not on board with that, and right. it can create a difficult situation. Because some funeral companies, as I know and you know, the default is burial. Mm -hmm. And if you can't agree, we're not going to cremate your mother, your father, your spouse, your step-parent. We are going to bury them, and that's more expensive. I a know. lot more. You mentioned the term direct cremation several yes. times. I bet some people in our audience don't know what that means. What does that mean? Okay, nice, simple, and straightforward. Um, the funeral home that you select sends a representative to go out to pick up the deceased person's body. Okay. They take it to a refrigeration facility because uh, legally in Texas there's a 48-hour waiting period between the time of death and the cremation can take place. Okay. okay. So, and then there's another law that says something must be done to slow down the decomposition of the okay. body within 24 hours. So 24 hours, you gotta do something, either embalm, refrigerate, or use dry ice, and you can't cremate till 48 hours. So that's why mm -hmm. they take the remains to a refrigeration facility. Okay. They do the paperwork, they do the cremation, 
They get the cremated remains uh, ready. They put them in a temporary urn. Right. They call it a temporary urn. Because um, you can buy the more expensive urn. Yes, but if you're going to scatter ashes, <laughs> actually, sure, there's matter, no reason to buy right. a fancy urn. And then they notify the family, uh, come pick up the cremated remains and the death certificates. Tell us about your thoughts on natural burial, because we're getting quantity people in here saying yes. I want a natural burial. Yes, I think uh, natural burial um, is getting more and more uh, publicity in the media. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We do have two natural burial parks uh, in our area. Right. One of them is Eloise Woods. Eloise, like a woman's name. Right. Woods with an S. Dot com. Okay, there you go. Thank you. <laughs> you can go right Thank out you. there to their website and look. It's like being buried in the forest. Everything that goes in the ground has to be biodegradable, including any clothing on the body of the hmm. deceased. So, so even no if, nylon or th whatever. That's cotton. right. Even if your favorite shirt was polyester, hmm. I'm sorry you cannot be buried dang, in dang, that polyester. Okay. No grave liners because right there is an $895 savings or more. Huh. They just uh, put the body in the ground in either a shroud, typically, okay. biodegradable material, uh, uh. or a biodegradable casket, something maybe made of bamboo. Okay. Is popular. So obviously not embalmed either because the body would not be right. biodegradable. That's either. right. Okay. That's right. Huh. So we have Eloise Woods in Cedar Creek. Okay. And then we have another lovely one, a Countryside Memorial Park in Lavernia, okay. which is closer to San Antonio. Right. Just south of I-10. Right. right. But still, yeah, right. it's, it's, it's in, in our area. area. Sure. And uh, there, it's more like being buried in a meadow. Hmm. So every natural burial park has its natural uh, terrain and so forth. Sure. And then um, I've heard there's a group that's uh, working on setting up a conservation natural burial ground uh, kind of near Smithville. Okay. Uh, but they're not up and running yet. Okay. But it's coming. Okay. Mm -hmm. How interesting. So, um, and then we... We have about five minutes left, and I want to squeeze this out of your dance as much as we can. Um, we, let's get back to, I said, we're going to talk about volunteers, which yes. Nancy did. And I said, let's talk about money. Mm -hmm. um, it's, I can get the information, which is wonderful. I can get all the funeral chart and all that free off the right. website. But on right. the other hand, I can become a member. Yes. And how do I become a member, and why would I become a member? Okay. Well, you can join uh, via a join button on our okay. website. With a credit card mm -hmm. on there? Yes, you can put uh, We use pay, pay, PayPal as our credit card gateway. Okay. So don't think you need a PayPal account in order to pay. Um, but then also uh, people can call us and say, send us an, an, a paper application. Okay. And they, a lot of our members still are using checks. A lot of our clients are still yeah. using checks, sure. And so you can pay that way. So it's $35, and that covers everyone in the household. Huh. And uh, so, like, if we have a family with... Um, young adults living in the household, so there's four people. When we send them this new member packet, which has 22 different items in it, okay. we send them a complete set of advanced directive documents for each person nice. in the household. There That's how strongly uh, we believe that people, and we have some other su kind of supportive to the advanced directive mm -hmm. documents to help people start talking about their end-of-life wishes because these conversations 
are every bit as important as the documents, if not more so. I would say at least more so. I mean, And it's I, such a gift to your family. Because one of the things, ladies and gentlemen, that we work really, really hard on here at our law firm, and that this dovetails with very nicely, is the notion of trying to minimize or eliminate conflict in the home after you're gone. And it starts mm -hmm. at the door of the funeral home, oftentimes. Yeah, or conflict in the waiting room of the emergency unit at yes, the hospital yes. so you need the where the doctor sure. comes out and says, well, this, this, and this is this person's condition. Do you want us to put your father on a ventilator? Mm -hmm. And the conversation at home had never happened. and. People end up second-guessing themselves. It's it's a very difficult experience. And they carry this with them for yes. the rest of their lives. That's and right. And they may despise the person who went against their wishes. Um, mm -hmm. It can be awful. So the advanced self-care directives, medical power of attorney, mm -hmm. living will. We always give our clients a HIPAA release. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, agent for remains, really core, mm -hmm. core documents. And then... Talk up to your family about this. Check out the uh, Funeral Consumers Association Alliance, excuse me, website. Become a member for $35 a year. Mm -hmm. No, $35 for life. Life! Yes. We Holy are God. listen. Life. We we are such we are such counterintuitive Good people. Night, yeah, Holy it's cow. for life, and our fundraising um, uh, approach probably horrifies people that are professional uh, fundraisers, because we're very proud of the fact that we ask our members only once a year to donate to us. Okay. But they find that very refreshing mm -hmm. because so many people, once you've donated, here comes another appeal in the mail 10 days later. And then another no, one and another one and another one. And at some point, uh, there's people that say, I just really wish I had never sent those people any money. So we have a good percentage of our members who donate to us out of the kindness of their hearts. I'll be darned. Mm -hmm. I'll be and we're able to uh, stay in the black. Wow. Well, all right. We're, I think we're about time <laughs> done with our time here uh, before we go to black. Um, how, let's go over contact information again, Nancy. Mm -hmm. How could somebody find you, <clears throat> find the organization? And, um, and start to take advantage of all these wonderful things. Right. You Thank you for asking. Yes, just visit our website. Uh, and again, if you just Google Funeral Consumers Austin. You'll pop uh, up. Yeah, we'll, you'll find us. We're the Funeral Consumers Alliance of Central Texas. And uh, our email is uh, on our website, office at <laughs> fcactx.org. Okay, and our right. phone number. Great. And we, that's one way that we support people in the community. Uh, we check our voicemail every single day and return calls. And, of course, we teach classes. And if you have a senior group oh, in particular that. Yes. Uh -huh. that you would love for us to come and talk about these kinds of things, we do that at no charge. Just contact us or come to our classes. We teach a class, uh, end-of-life options class through the Lifetime Learning Institute twice a year. I'll be done. And we've also done all these uh, senior groups out at uh, University of Texas, the Osher yes, Lifelong I, I, I just finished groups. a class the other week, mm -hmm. yeah. We have done uh, seminars and presentations for all five of those groups. Wow. So we're out and about. 
All right. If you're wondering whatever happened, if you've heard of the Austin Memorial and Burial Information Society. This is you, right? This is us. Uh, we've been around for more than 50 years, and we changed our name in 2014 to the Funeral Consumers Alliance. They rebranded. But still us. And we're, that we used to be the We Well Law Firm, and now we're rebranded as Texas Trust Law. So mm -hmm. we understand that process, too. All right. Nancy, thank you, thank you, thank, thank you. you. What an enjoyable and educational uh, time here together. And ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for watching and listening. And uh, we'll be back again with another edition of the State of the Union soon. Thank you very much.